Hey guys, just before we get into it, we would like to acknowledge our podcast partners in Beyond Blue. If you're feeling low, anxious, or need to talk to someone, please contact the people at Beyond Blue. Their phone number is 1300 224 636. You can visit them on the website as well at www.beyondblue.org.au forward slash get support. Enjoy the episode. Thanks, guys. Hello and welcome to the Listics AFL podcast. I'm your host, John Van Norden, and here with me, as always, is my uh, good friend, Sean Lewis. Sean, how are you doing, mate? Going well, mate. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry uh, Christmas to you too. It's been a little while since um, since we had the move and we've been able to get back into the studio and record again. Um, I think you just put out a tweet of what the new setup sort of looks like all installed, so thanks for coming out and helping with that. No problems, mate. Thank you for, for setting up and uh, getting us all ready. I mean... Uh, it's probably a little bit messy in that photo, but um, yeah, no, it's all looking pretty good. It's nice to be, um, I guess, a bit more settled than we have been the last few weeks. Um, it's very much it's a beautiful, beautiful new place you've got here, mate. And Thank you. It's nice that uh, your wife was kind enough to allow us to have a room all to ourselves to podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, I, thank you, Amy. There's probably plenty of rooms throughout the house that are purely hers as well. So, we've, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're really happy and um, we can dive straight into our mental health minute which is something we're trying to be getting getting good at doing uh regularly but yeah so for me the the last few weeks have been very hectic but i'm feeling a lot more comfortable now um now that we're actually settled so we've had a couple of days to actually unpack and just enjoy um which makes my life a whole lot easier and we've still got some spaces to set up and doing some gardening and everything but i'm feeling a whole lot less stressed over the last um, week or so before before the break, my mind was pretty clouded, but yeah. I'm okay now, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, look, all going well. Um, yeah, it's it's a funny one. We, uh, I guess for for us, like uh, Christmas time is always very busy for us, and I think we touched on the last podcast. Um, yeah, we bounce around between a lot of different things this year. We had a, a few less things on, which was nice. Um, I still would uh, probably kill for a Christmas where I can just <laughs> sit at home and and uh, and walk five meters from my bed and have everyone else come over. But uh, I don't think that'll happen for a few years yet. But no, it's um, it's been good. It's been good to get through it. And um, uh, my wife and I have been working on the house a fair bit. Obviously, Bob's coming along, so um, just doing little bits and pieces around the house, getting set up. I've almost finished the uh, the nursery now, so. That kind of feels a bit more real, <laughs> and um, but yeah, no. Overall, everything's going well, and, and it's been a and it's been a great festive season. Um, very lucky to have the family I've got, and very very grateful for for pretty much um, all my all my friends and family in my life because I'm surrounded by uh, by a lot of lovely people, and um, it's a great time of the year to actually to sit back and actually remember that. And even though you might get uh, annoyed and stressed and everything else, it's it's probably. Uh, uh, your annoyance and stress is probably generated from other people's love and caring. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you, you've got to you've got to really be grateful for for when you've got that in your life. So, but yes, um, it's nice to be through it. Though. That's the certain that's certainly the, the truth for me. But um, it's nice to actually be sitting here today, podcasting. I feel like it's just been too long. Yeah, um, that's, it's that's nice just, to. It's the feeling I've got as well, and this is something that I probably take for granted when we we podcasted so re, like so frequently and regularly that you and I would get a chance to debrief and catch up on each other's lives 
um, multiple times every single week. But with the busy period, with the move, with everything that's been happening in both of our lives, we haven't been able to spend as much time. And this is like today is a day that I've been really cherishing. So I'm very, very happy, um, happy to be here and happy to finally get through our trade review. And now the reason we did wait for a trade review, I know we t- reviewed trades throughout the trade period. They were more individual trades. But what we always try to do is actually review the period as a whole, which for us includes live trading, yeah. uh, any swaps that happen, like pick swaps that happen after the full um, player exchange period. Um, and, and we're probably in a position where we can do that now. Um, yeah, I think probably just worth noting with this one is is when we're doing the live trades, where we're going to kind of do the live trades, um, I guess, on their own. Um so we'll, we'll review, I guess, the summary of your uh, each club's, I guess, trade period, um, including the gap in between the end of the player trade period and the start of, uh, of obviously, the draft where, where there was a lot of pick swaps made. So we'll review that club by club and then um, at the end we'll work through live trades. And I think the reason why we're going to do that really is because there's a bit of a point to what we want to make with the live trading um, around... I guess the trends we're starting to see, like we saw it last year with the introduction, and and this year we started, we've seen it even more about the the um, the net present value people are paying for current picks, um, and really I guess there's a few little interesting ones like about um, you know clubs who who trade a lot, um, who trade a lot in this period, um, and John's got a good trade uh, a good trade package I guess you'll work through through the live trading or total pick swaps and all that and then um and then yeah we can touch on i guess more that i guess where we feel it's kind of landing and and i guess probably the big thing for us and the takeaway is where where can the afl clubs really get some learnings and um and about where the value is so um with that i guess we'll we'll kick it off johnny um adelaide crows you want to run us through the ins and outs yeah okay so i'll go through every in and every out um this is including the trade period as well as the post player movement period yeah um so So not live trades not live trades so billy frampton pick 37 uh 45 49 western bulldogs 2020 second round pick gold coast 2020 fourth round pick Carlton's 2024th round pick. And then there was the exchange, which was pick six and GWS's 2020 second round pick, pick 22 and Collingwood's... First round pick, sorry. Yeah, 2020 first round pick, sorry. Pick 22 and Collingwood's 2023rd. So they have a haul of picks. Uh, out went Eddie Betts, Sam Jacobs, Hugh Greenwood, Alex Keith, Josh Jenkins, uh, Cam Alice Yolman, a 2023rd round pick, pick four, pick 28, pick 49, and Carlton's... 2024th round so on the whole um a lot of players going out and a lot of picks coming in yeah. um i think that Adelaide were pretty harshly judged for how they handled the trade period i think that, that a lot of fans didn't like seeing so many players go out but for yeah. me it was pretty purposeful um and i like what they did yeah look um adelaide's obviously a club in transition they um they pretty clearly have shown that in the way they've traded. And I think we spoke about this before, but I look at it and I go, well, Eddie Betts, you know, a year or two at most. Sam Jacobs, well, if I was an Adelaide fan, I'd want Riley O'Brien trying to take over now um, because he's going to be Ruckman for the next five years. 
Um, Hugh Greenwood played about 11 or 14 games, somewhere in that area this year, was not being played in his preferred position. Um, I mean, I, personally, for depth, I would have I would have liked to have kept him, but at the end of the day, if you're going to have to pay him, you know, uh, an AFL average wage or above average, um, and you can't get the most out of him, is it worth it? Probably not. So, go get some value there. Yeah, Alex Keith, I mean, he's probably the disappointing one. Um, he he would have been the one I would have liked to have keep, kept, but at the end of the day, he's also 28. So. You know, again, he's probably only got three or four years left in him. Josh Jenkins was surplus to requirements. They've got Darcy Fogarty coming through. Cam Ellis Yolman, you couldn't do much about. He was a free agent. So, um, you, you know, you go through all that and you go, well, realistically, you've got, what, two guys at over 30, um, both who were struggling to get a game. So Eddie Betts, had, you know, you've got Tyson Stengel, you've got a few other kids coming through there. Um, Hugh Greenwood and Cam Ellis Yolman, you know, um, You've got Ned McHenry, who's probably, oh, sorry, Chase Jones is probably going to play through the middle next year. Um, you've still got Rory Sloan. you still got the Crouch brothers. You know, you still got a reasonably strong midfield, so it's not the biggest loss in the world. And you've, and you've managed to haul in a lot of picks and really regenerate your list and regenerate quickly. And if anything we're seeing out of Adelaide is that they're very savvy when it comes to, um, I guess, the American model of trading. Um, obviously, having... Um, some guys in, in their recruiting team there with some experience over from the States and stuff. So, yeah, look, I, I really liked this period from Adelaide. I think, okay, yes, next year probably a big backward step. Like I, I could see them potentially being bottom six. But um, I really do think that, that in the long run they'll be better built for all this. Yeah, I, I don't think they were a flag threat next year anyway with no, all of those players absolutely not. Um, or, the, or the year after which is where two of those players would probably play out their careers and a couple of them would be getting towards the very end of their careers as well um, the fact that they were able to get an extra 2020 first and second round selection um, is great it's it's doing all of the right things and they got some late uh, late picks as well I think maybe an additional fourth round or um, something of that nature, so that can be used for matching. Well, they're going to have academy players next year. So for me, there was a it was a really good period by the Crows. Um, do we want to do ratings for each of the clubs? Yeah, or, or we could do. So you, I mean, we'll do our normal system again. So five is that met expectations, and and ten obviously being exceptional, and one being very poor. Um, if I had to rate their trade period without live trades, which is what we're looking at. Um, I'd probably give them a six. Yeah, I'm the same. Let's go. I'll give them a six. Um, move on to Brisbane. Take us through Brisbane. Yeah, no problems. So Brisbane. Um, sorry, mate. I'm just writing this down um, so we can remember for future ones. Um, Brisbane. They've brought in Kalamar Chi, Camelus Yolman, Grant Birchall, Essendon's 2023rd round pick, um, pick 29, pick 71, Port's 2021st round pick. Um, Collingwood's 2022nd round pick, and they've traded out Louis Taylor, uh, Tom Cutler, pick 46, 91, 2022nd round pick their own, and the 2024th round pick their own. Then they traded their first round pick this year, pick 16, pick 52, pick 55, pick 72, pick 48, and their 2023rd round. So. 
basically the wash of it is they've retained their 2020 first round pick. They've traded out all the other ones, um, but they've managed to pick up an extra 2020 first round pick, an extra 2020 second round pick, an extra 2020 third round pick. So the the net sum result of it all is that um, they've lost a, four, a 2020 fourth round pick, which has been replaced with Port's 2020 first round pick. So I don't mind any of that. Um, I thought that was very good from them. Um, bringing in Cal Marchi, he's going to provide a bit of pace off the half-back line, which I do think they lack. Um, Cam Ellis Yolman, another inside midfielder, probably will help with the development of, of, um, of some of their, their younger guys. So um, McCluggage is probably going to move more inside this year. You'd expect to see Jared Berry in there. So having another big, strong body in there to, to assist, obviously, with Lockie Neal and Dane Zorko. And Zorko's getting on in age, so don't mind any of that. Grant Birchall, I think they're hoping for the Luke Hodge effect again. Um, I'm not sure. Um, uh, I mean, Birchall, fantastic player when fit, but when fit is the operative um, part of that statement, so uh, hopefully he keeps his body all right. And then the pick shufflings are fine, and, and Louis Taylor was struggling to get a game, and, and Tom Cutler, I think they were a bit sad to lose, but I think he came back for, for family reasons. So Yeah, Tom, Tom Cutler was in and out of the side as well. Yeah, fringe, he, as well, yeah, yeah. fringe player. Camel Zion is an interesting one for me because I think that he fits a lot of other sides better. Yes. Um, if it's Gold Coast, much better. Yeah, if it's Gold Coast, if it's Essendon, if it's Fremantle, if it's a whole lot of sides that need that, like, really lack in that inside area. Whereas I would say that Brisbane going and getting Lockie Neal and Jared Lyons, they've already eaten up their slower inside mid um, structure. So. Adding another one to that mix sort of provides that depth. Yolman's not slow, though. That's that's probably the one thing. I think where you look at him as that prototypical inside mid, I don't think he's that slow. Um, he's quite, he's quite, he moves quite well. I mean, he's, his ACLs have probably robbed him of a bit of agility, but I don't think he's that slow. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's that quick either. I mean, I, I think that I wouldn't put Neil in the slow midfielder category either, but he's not a quick midfielder. He's just a regular-paced yeah, mid. so I think, though, that it's the style of play. So this is where I think we talked about with the draft ease, is that, you know, a guy like... Uh, Neil's a lot like a Harry Schoenberg, for example. Like, he, he gets contest to contest, and, he, and he's always on the move, and he's constant. Um, he doesn't he, he doesn't explode away from anything. He doesn't... Um, I'd probably put Yolman more in the mould of... Uh, um, Maybe the Caleb Sarong, the way he kind of he, he broke he breaks out of a stoppage. He doesn't. It's like a, it's like a poor man's JPK for me. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's, yeah. He doesn't he doesn't explode away from the stoppage. He's not slow like he's wearing concrete boots. He breaks out of contest with his physical strength because he's an incredibly strong player. Yeah. Um, and he, but what I do like is he comes out straight. He comes out straight through the front and. And that's what you really want. I, I, I don't mind it. I don't. I agree with you. Sorry, I 100% agree with you that there are clubs that could have used them a lot more. So. Yeah, and I mean, the, the acquisition of Port's 2021st round, I think, is smart. Um, mm. Gamble on Port finishing anywhere between um, bottom four, like just in just at the bottom, just at the top of the bottom four, or just in the top, I mean, just in the bottom eight. Either way, I think that they'll get a top 10 selection from that. Uh, look, I think Port, Port are the hardest team for me next year. Um, uh, and, I, and I do have a slight bias with them, but, I mean, I think Port could end up anywhere from, yeah, like, I don't know, say 14th 
um, or 15th, right up to they could finish 5th. Like, they, they really do have, like, if they get it all right and they get, and, you know, and this is assuming some of the old men that they've got on their list can come back and play um, their best football, so your West Offs and stuff, and Dixon's injury-free and, and they've now kind of solved the ruck situation by losing Ryder, you know, I could, I could easily see Port um, going into the top eight and causing some trouble because, you know, their young kids get a year older, We've had another bumper crop, which we'll talk about soon. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind any of that from Port. Yeah, no, no, neither. Um, we'll move on. We we'll want to cut though. We've got well, a fair rating. few clubs to get through. Rating six, six is one. Five and a half. Six. Yeah, I was thinking five and a half. Five and a half. It's so um, it's an above above average. That's for sure. I don't think. I think that they did better than what you would call the average. Yeah, but that's I, improved. I don't. Um, I don't think. I don't think they were as good as Adelaide. No, I agree. Um, moving on to Carlton. Carlton made less moves. Uh, they probably were talked about the most and probably made less moves than anyone. Um, in Eddie Betts, Mark Pitonet, uh, the Frenchman, uh, pick, <laughs> pick 57 and 70, uh, and that's in. Uh, out was uh, Phillips, pick 48, pick 72, and a 2024th rounder. For me, um, probably... Can we include Jack Martin in this or not? No. No, we can't include Jack Martin. No, I don't think you can. I think that he can be included in the draft hall, um, but so in the in the overall card analysis, he'll 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 he'll, he'll probably fall yeah. in there um, on a, a bit of a technicality. But um, look, they probably tried to get done a whole lot more. I think that um, Phillips is a heap better than Pitnet, so it's a loss in terms of. Ruck depth, I think Eddie Betts makes sense from a small forward perspective, uh, potentially fills a hole for a year or two. I think the drop from uh, pick 48 to pick 57 um, and the acquisition of a fourth round and the loss of a 2024th round pick isn't great. For me, pretty below average overall. Um, yep. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's not it's not great and it's not terrible. Uh, I'd say that for me, uh, there's not too much analysis here. It's probably a four four out of ten. Yeah, look, uh, pretty simple. I mean, I guess the way I look at it is that if they did nothing, would they have been better off? And that, like, when you're talking below average period, that's probably what we're looking at. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Eddie Benz is going to play two years, I think, at most. Um, Pitnet for Phillips, like that's Phillips, Phillips, Phillips is better. Phillips has played probably over ten games for the last four years, every single year. Mm. Pitnet's played like one or two and has not done anything in those games. Whereas Phillips has played some dominant games. So Phillips is, for me, clearly a better second ruckman. Phillips will challenge Bell Chambers next year. Okay, well that's a big call, but I'm not sure I would have said that. But yeah, no, that's fine. Look, uh, yeah, I, I'm. I look at it and I think that they're. Considering the picks they lost as well, because they've, you know, as you spoke about, like there's a couple of fourth rounders in there. They shuffled back 57, like 48 into 57, and yeah, it's it's a below average. I think they could have, you know, could have just picked up Eddie Betts and, and be done with it, and that would have been fine. But yep. all these other ones, yeah. So I'm happy with four out of ten, mate. Sorry, Carlton fans. <laughs> um, I felt like this is, I, and we had to do this last year. 
4 out of 10 is just below average. It's not bad. No. But it's, okay, it's... I, I think that the, the I think when we, were, we did an analysis last year, the average rating for clubs was like a 7 out of 10, which 7 out of 10 is that's, yeah, it doesn't make sense as far as an average goes because your bell curve should be set around this, five. Set around five, uh, and what probably eighty percent of clubs will fall in between um, three and a half and six and a half. That's where pretty much the center of our bell curve goes, and it's very rare that clubs do better or worse than that. So well, before before I had Twitter, I actually last year I grabbed I think um, a couple of the different um, rating systems that were done. So I think Fox Footy did one. And Few of the other websites, the AFL website, have one, and I, and I chucked them in and I bell curved them, and then I put our ratings in. And if you assume five is average, which is what one to one to ten should be, um, pretty much I think the net average of, of most of them, yeah, was about seven point seven, seven point eight, and we were five point one, so we were rating just above average. Damn it, we need to improve, mate. Um, we'll um, keep it, keep an Excel spreadsheet open. No problems, uh, Collingwood. All right, so in your boys, they brought in. Darcy Cameron from Sydney, um, pick 62. St Kilda's 2022nd round pick, St Kilda's 2024th round pick, pick 48, and Brisbane's 2023rd round pick. What went out? Um, James Aish, pick 56, pick 69, your 2023rd round pick and your 2022nd round pick. So, um, effectively, we got... St Kilda's 2022nd round pick for our 2022nd round pick. We got Brisbane's 2023rd round pick for our 2023rd round pick. So that's net nothing. Maybe we shuffle up a little bit on each one. Maybe more on the St Kilda one. St Kilda one, you definitely yeah. Win. Um, we gave up. Oh no, we got in a 2020 an extra 2024th round pick, but we lost pick 69, which is probably net neutral. Um, we pick, pick 48. Um, we got 60. out pick 56 it's pretty close 62s are those picks really I, for me it's pretty much James Aish for Darcy Cameron which is a loss yeah so I, I think Aish is actually a bigger loss than probably yeah probably has been spoken about yeah I agree he's been a really solid role player for us for the last two seasons yeah. playing really important roles in both the grand final team and the team that went deep in finals this year yeah um, and he's a really like he's a He's a best twenty-two player. He's, he's maybe maybe he's a best eighteen player. Like he's just sitting in around that sixteen to twenty-two range near yep. list. But those players are the players that win your grand finals because yep. they you rely on the bottom end of your list so heavily. Um, and we picked up somebody who's depth and potentially very important if we are uh, Brody Grundy injured. But I think if Brody Grundy gets injured, we're probably not threatening anyway. Yeah, look, I, yeah, you're pretty much spot on um, with that. Uh, the only, the only benefit I could see is if you think Darcy Cameron can play up forward, um, he provides competition for Mason Cox and maybe... Because oh, Mason Cox was just uh, average last year is probably the... Yeah, Mason the Cox word. almost lost an eye last year. Yeah. So he, he's injury troubles. Um, but you're right. Um, it, it's a like for like. I think that... Um, I think as much as Darcy Cameron's done in the needful over the last two years, I'd be very interested to see him going in the VFL and seeing how he is as a depth ruckman. Absolutely. But what are you giving? What's three, you three and a half. Yeah, look, I, I was going to say you're probably on par with Carlton, but if you're willing to go three and a half, I'll back you in. I, I just think that the the loss of Aish for not much, like for not much in, like when you got almost, you can almost net out all of the picks. Um, is in we might move up ten spots next year, but we lose some picks this year. If you can just net them all as neutral 
and say we're looking at James H versus Darcy Cameron. James H is young and played 100 games. Darcy Cameron's uh, a bit older than him and not as good and has played maybe two games. Um, yep. So I think for me that's a big loss. Um, three and a half out of ten is about where that sits. Um, thanks, Essendon. Yeah, Essendon. Um, so in Tom Cutler, Andrew Phillips, pick 33, pick 61, pick 64. Out uh, picks 37, 52, 70. And a 2023 round pick. So, not much happening here. Um, if we try to net out 33, 61, and 64 for 37, 52, and 70, I could say that those can net out pretty well. Yeah. Um, so, it's a 2023 round pick for Tom Cutler and Andrew Phillips. I'd say it's a win. It's a win. Um, just based on needs. So, Essendon have got a lot of same-same midfielders. So, for me, as I said, I thought that they could have used a significantly more inside-bent player and a significantly outside player, which Tom Cutler fills that need. Um, it probably allows Andy McGrath to play more of the inside pure midfielder next year. And I think um, they also picked up uh, Hibbert as well, who'd been playing inside mid, so gives them another one there. Um, you're right, like if you net it out and you go 2023rd round for, for those two players, and especially considering the problems they've had around the ruck, and Phillips, uh, whether he's an AFL player or not, I guess will be determined, but... At the end of the day, he he's he's a more reliable backup ruckman. He's a guy that has just he hasn't had a lot of injury troubles, as far as I'm aware, anyway. Um, not that I've closely monitored him, but Phillips is a massive upgrade on Zach Clark, Clark who played a lot of games last year yeah. um, and played some absolutely dirt games. Whereas Phillips is more than competent. He'll, exactly, he'll compete again. He's he's not he's not in the best ten rucks in the game. There's nowhere near it. But a lot of clubs aren't playing with best ten rucks in their team. Yeah. Um, they're they're playing with just a fill in a filler ruckman, and and he's going to compete. So I think they've done well. I'd say they're probably one of the better clubs. And even though they didn't make a whole lot of moves, this is one of those subtly good trade periods. Um, I'm thinking about a six, six and a half. Six and a half for me. Um, yeah. I, I reckon that because they were better than some of the ones that we saw at the start, where they made some positive and some negative moves. I just think that. These move, that's just a positive trade period, which sometimes you just need to do. You just need to notch up a good trade period. Don't have to focus too much on dominating it and bringing in heaps of players like what they did with it, brought in Devin Smith, Stringer, all those types. Yep. Sometimes you just got to get a win on the board. Yep, no, happy with that. Next up, Fremantle. Um, so fairly busy by the looks of things. Um, so in they brought Blake Akers, James H, um, pick 22, 58, 79, Melbourne's 2022nd round pick, Collingwood's 2023rd round pick, pick 49 and pick 8. Out, they traded Brad Hill, um, Ed Langdon, pick 26, a 2023rd round pick, a 2024th round pick, pick 22, um, Collingwood's 2023rd round pick, they traded out as well. So they brought it in and traded out, and there's a few of those. Uh, Pick 10, pick 28, and Carlton's 2024th round pick. So... They flipped pick 10, pick 28, Collingwood's 2023rd round pick and Carlton's 2024th round pick from their trades. Um, so they brought them in and sent them out. Um, I guess this one's going to be a tough one to kind of net out because there's a fair bit going on. Yeah, I don't think there's much netting out to do, but if you look at it and you go, the picks that they got in were 8, 22, um, 58 and 79 plus... 2022nd and 3rd, and there's also 49 in there. 
uh, and you look at out and you go 10, 26, 28, 22. So a lot of sort of other 22 nets out as well. So 10, 26, 28. Mm-hmm. I'd say they probably come out ahead in the total amount of picks. I agree, um, yeah, I think picks wise, they, they've lost like Brad Hill. That that's a that's a big one. Like, um, oh, the value gain on their points, and this is why I say it's really hard with this because they also had Liam Henry to adjust for. So their their overall trading strategy, like they gave up pick ten and twenty eight. Um, to Melbourne and to get pick eight, yeah, to get pick eight, where like that's a net loss for them, really. But that got them ahead of the Liam Henry bid. So yeah, um, I mean, it's a real tough one to kind of balance out. But if uh, assume the picks wise, in taking into account um, the Henry stuff, like we're going to say they've come out just ahead. Call it maybe they're ahead by say a, a pick in the thirties. Um, effectively, Blake Hakers. A future, a future third is big. I reckon yeah. that I reckon that twenty twenty second is where they sort of come out ahead. Yep. So if you go Blake Hakers, James Ash, and Melbourne's twenty twenty second round pick, and they've lost Brad Hill and Ed Langdon, I would rather Brad Hill and Ed Langdon personally. I think I think yeah. it's a net loss for them. Yeah, it is. I, I agree. I think that Ed Langdon probably cancels out with somebody like James Ash. I think Ed Langdon has more upside. Um, but James Aish has been better so far. Um, so I, I'd sort of cancel those out and go yeah, a, a twenty twenty second of Blake Akers for Brad Hill is unders for Brad Hill. Probably the only saving grace for them is the fact that they knew a couple of these like it's 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 the period um what actually happened versus expectation. I think you knew that Ed um, Ed Langdon was gonna go and you knew Brad Hill was gonna go. So I think that they did better than I expected based on the fact that I thought that St Kilda and Melbourne should have had Fremantle effectively over a barrel. Um, they they had the upper hand knowing that those players were going to leave regardless. Well, no, with Brad Hill, they didn't have an upper hand because he was contracted. At the end of the day, Fremantle could hold him. So yeah. Langdon was a different one and I think Melbourne just are dealing fairly at the moment. So they just dealt what was probably fair and there's a bit of haggling over that as well, but... Um, I think the right result was found, fair to both parties. But, yeah, the Brad Hill one was, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, Fremantle accepted unders for Brad Hill's worth. But then the other funny part is that they got him for peanuts anyway from what he was worth because he wanted to come to WA in the first place. Yeah. So, you know, effectively, if you look at return on investment, they've actually profited more out out of Hawthorne's generosity then, then they probably could have, if that makes sense. But yeah. at the end of the day, he was a contracted player, so to break contract, St Kilda had to pay well overs. And in the end, you know, Freo got great value out of it. But I, look, I reckon this is probably just a, an average period for them because yeah. we knew they were going to lose those two guys. They brought in... I, I don't think that when you looked... Before you put in live trading and the value of with having Liam Henry and stuff come in, before you adjust for all that and you just look at this trade period, I would say they've, they've probably lost a little bit more than they've gained, but they were going to lose that. So Yeah, so give it a four and a half. Well, I'm thinking five, mate. Okay. Five? I reckon they smack on even. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. Um, five, five sounds good to me. So we're moving to Geelong. Um, yeah. Geelong in Jack Stevens, Josh Jenkins, 
um, which are Stephen, sorry, yeah. Josh Jenkins, um, picks 14-24, uh, West Coast's 2021st round pick and Gold Coast's 2023rd round pick, out Tim Kelly, Zach Smith, their 2023rd round pick and pick 57. So, um, Before we get into this, how, how do you want to evaluate this? Because I think there's two ways we can evaluate this. We can evaluate this for next year, what it means next year, or we can evaluate this for what it means for the club long-term. Long-term, always long-term for me. Right. Um, inc- like you include a little bit of the value for next year, but long-term, Geelong won this one for me. Um, I think that I would have taken, well, definitely the trade that they got for Tim Kelly was overs. Zach Smith wasn't getting a game with them, was surplus to needs. Yeah. Um, and sending out picks... 2023rd round, their 2023rd round for Gold Coast, 2023rd round. That's an improvement of at least 10 selections. Um, Pick 57 out. um, That doesn't really matter that much. And getting in um, the 14-24 and 2021st, which is what they got for Kelly, uh, bringing in Josh Jenkins and Jack Stephen for nothing. Um, Yeah, I I think that they were, for me, a clear winner in this. Yeah. So, look, I, I think Geelong have definitely done very well. Um, Jack Stephen, if he comes back to his best, um, replaces Tim Kelly's output pretty quickly. Um, also has that breakaway speed that Kelly has as well. So um, they are getting a player who is in the right um, mould for their midfield, I guess, is the right way to put it. Um, yeah, Zach Smith, surplus to requirements. You know, you can net out the third-round picks. The 57 is gone and they've brought in a lot. Now, long-term wise, I think they've done excellent to get these early picks um, and for the loss of a 26-year-old and Tim Kelly. So uh, immediate, immediately, I would give them probably like a five and a half out of 10 for the immediate effect because they went and got Jack Stephen. Now, I, I wasn't a fan of the way they treated St Kilda with Jack Stephen, uh, an in-contract player who, who's got a mental health issue that Geelong pretty much sat back on his haunches and said, well, we're only going to give you a third-round pick. And at the end of the day, he's a five-time best and fairest winner or something for St Kilda. He's, um, you know, uh, at his best, he was probably ranked inside the top 30 players in the in the competition. And, you know, um, I thought it was – I was a little bit disappointed with the way – because Geelong have always been very, very, very fair um, to deal with. And, you know, and they pushed pretty hard with the, the whole danger field trade around yeah. – you know, well, he's coming back for family and they did a fair trade in the end with, well, Adelaide basically copped a loss for that. And then they go and, you know, basically the shoe's on the other foot um, and, they, and they basically just bend St Kilda over a barrel because Jack Stephen probably wouldn't have played from what I understand had he stayed at St Kilda. So, yeah, and it's, that's what I guess where it's the hard thing to rate because the right thing by Geelong to do in both cases was to do exactly what they did yeah, with absolutely. Dangerfield and with Josh Jack Stevens. So it's what you would probably do in the same but situation. But, but you can't then hold Tim Kelly for, for three picks. Yeah, I, I just no, thought, yeah, it's I agree. Disingenuous. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Um, I'm not, um, you know, you no, know. I, lot, that's, that's a long term potential trade effect. Because yeah. it, it's really hard to measure those things on the short term, whether there is bad blood created because of this, we'll, we'll see in the long term. I just thought of another way to be able to rank a trade like this um, or like the period for this. If you look at all of the assets, there's 10 assets that were moved. 
between the clubs and you rank them in order of best assets. Tim Kelly is clearly number one. Mm. Pick 14 is number two. Pick 24, number three. Oh, no, probably no. West Coast 2020 is no, three. Jack Stephen. Jack, you would trade West Coast 2020 first round pick for Jack Stephen. I think yeah. so. I'd say West Coast 2020 first round, then Jack Stephen. So well, I'm assuming, say West Coast, we're talking a pick up in the high teens. Yep. Yeah. Like, I, I would have had Jack Stephen probably valued about pick 20. So maybe West Coast pick slightly above it, but... Jack Stevens above 24, for yep. sure. Okay, then. So, Jack Steven, then 24. Yeah. Um, and then Gold Coast 2023rd round pick. Yep. Then Jenkins. Josh Jenkins. Then 2023rd round pick. Or well, 57. No, or Zach Smith. Yeah, 57. Zach Smith. Zach Smith. So if you look at it that way, it's Geelong got two, three, four, five, six, seven. The the six assets rated between two and seven, and they lost one, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. So I think that they smashed it based on that. In fact, oh no, I hundred percent like that's why I asked you at the start. Long term, yeah. short, short term, I think they're a five and a half out of ten. Long term, I think they're six and a half. Yeah, and and but I guess my, my issue is just I I guess I've got a side issue there that I I don't like. Um, it feels it feels to me that Geelong are taking the piss and just using whatever whatever kind of suits them at the time. Dangerfield wants to return home for family. Jack Stephen wants to return home for family. You know we're going to offer you a first, a second, and and Dean Gore and. And we're going to offer you a third. Um, and we're talking about two players. You know, you're talking about Brownlow medalists now in Dangerfield. Um, also yeah, Jack, Jack Stephen, I think, finished third or second in the Brownlow yeah. medal one year. And that's what we're offering you. But for Tim Kelly, who wants to return home, I oh know we want two first-round picks and we want... Actually, no, we want three first-round picks. That's what they started at, and they ended up with two firsts and a 24. And good on them for getting it. I'm not, yeah, just, it's, I'm not, I'm not hating on them for getting I'm just saying that... <laughs> Your your actions on one hand, and then your behaviour the other way as well, is just it's count it suits you, yeah, yeah. But you're just going to be known as being the club that just bends people over, and then then you know yeah. trades on public opinion. Like it'd be, it'd be very interesting to see how the long term plays out with that. But I think also in Australia we can be pretty quick to. Um, bring down people that are good at winning and cats are good at winning football games and they're good at winning negotiations they're good at winning the draft so I, I find it hard to judge for them I actually have them rated a bit higher than you I've got them at long term being a 7 out of 10 for this um, and I think that they look given that they were one of the better performed clubs across the period that sort of sit out there yeah, um, look, I'm happy with 7 out of 10 yeah uh, we'll move on to Gold Coast we've got to yeah. try to keep getting through That's these right. so um, I'll, I think they were mine, weren't they? Yes, reel them off. Um, so we got Ian, they brought in Brandon Ellis, Hugh Greenwood, Zach Smith, Brisbane's 2020 second round pick, Brisbane's 2024th round pick. They've lost Callum Archie, a 2020 third round pick, and a 2024th round pick. So effectively, uh, what they've done is they've shuffled back their 2020 third and fourth round picks for, oh, sorry, they've yeah. upgraded their 2023 20, 20, round pick. To a 2022, which is Brisbane. So I, I think that's probably going to, I, I think that the, that's about a five pick shuffle. Yeah, I, I think the third and fourth round picks with Brisbane's second and fourth round picks shuffle out because Brisbane's will most likely be a 
late second round pick and Gold Coast an early third. And Gold Coast will be an early fourth and Brisbane's a late fourth. So they probably just come out in front there. Yep. And then when you look at Archie for Alice, well, Alice is a free agent, but Greenwood and Smith, I'd prefer Greenwood and Smith for yep. the Archie. That's, well, yeah, that's where I was getting with it all. So basically, yeah, they've, they've, they've done well in the trading here. Um, live trading will be entertaining, but um, no, they've done, they've done very well. I think uh, Archie was probably just not quite delivering for him, wanted a fresh start, so... Um, yeah, all fine, and, and bringing Greenwood and Ellis is huge, and Zach Smith will really um, give them some good backup um, with Jared Witts. So no problems with all that. I'd probably give them a five and a half out of ten, maybe a six out of ten. I reckon six out of ten for them. Six out of ten. Yeah, happy with that. Uh, so on to the, the Giants. So in Sam Jacobs' pick six, uh, pick well, the pick six came in and out, so we'll cover that off right now. Pick six came in and out. So Sam Jacobs, pick 40, pick 59, Mal- North Melbourne's 2023rd round pick and pick four. Um, and out, Adam Tomlinson, that was a free agency move. Yep. Uh, John Patton, Aiden Bonner, picks 12, 18, 2024th round pick. Um, that pick six, which came in and out. And GWS's 2021st round pick. So... Looking at it, for me, there's a lot out. Um, it's if you're just looking at picks right here, 18, 12, 2021st 20, round, 2024th 20, round picks, and in they get 4, 40, 59, and a 2023rd 20, round pick from North Melbourne. They get smacked in points. Um, for one. Yeah, so 12, 18, and a 2021st 20, round pick for pick four um, and, and some late picks, really, to yeah. get points up. Uh, not great. Uh, they also lost Aiden Bonner, John Patton, who probably were both weren't worth that much in isolation. But, but John Patton is, I mean, they've, they they've had to go um, draft Jake Riccardi, for example, because John Patton left. Now, yeah, you're going to pay Riccardi a lot less, but Patton's worth a lot more and he's a lot better. I, I don't know. I think, to be honest, if you offered me Patton and Riccardi, I would take Riccardi. Yeah, no, we're different on that. I yeah. take Patton every day of the week. Yeah, I know. We, we both rate Patton very differently. Once you've done three knees for me, you, you're done. Um, I, I don't think that he can come back from that. And I don't think yeah, we actively said that you should go out and get Dan Menzel last year, who, who's done how many? Four. Yeah, four. Yeah, because he was free. Um, but and uh, and he, effectively, John Patton's gone for free. No, nah, he went for a third round pick. <sighs> Um, I, I, for a player of that caliber, it's not even. You could use that third round pick on Riccardi. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see that one. That one could play out in time. We can differ on that. And Tomlinson's just a salary cap squeeze. So I, I think they got smacked. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a. I think GWS though are always going to do poorly in our trade reviews because they lose high quality players pretty much every year. Um, they do often extract some good value, but then the other problem is that often they have a good academy kid or something coming through, um, and they need to try and get ahead of bids, so they burn points to get high. Yeah, is it the, the clubs that have the most points, which are typically GWS and Gold Coast, yep. also trade the most points out and lose deals because of that. So for me, yep. I've got them sitting somewhere down a three. Yeah, look, overall, if you had to rate what we're looking at right now, yeah, it's a three. <laughs> I think that the fact I've been, that they... You're even being kind. I'm almost two and a half. Yeah, let's go two and a half. Um, I think that the saving grace for them is Sam Jacobs, um, who they needed. 
So they, they get they get probably a better best twenty two ruckman, um, and but they lose probably one and a half best twenty two players and a lot of picks. So yeah, um, yeah, uh, it's something they needed to do, but they got smacked in the process of doing it. Yeah. Um, on to on Hawthorne. There you go. Um, so the Hawks brought in the mighty Sam Frost, um, John Patton, pick 42, 54, 63, 50, 73, and North's 2020 second round pick. They lost Grant Birchall, the Frenchman, Mark Pittenet, uh, pick 50 went out on a recycle and they lost the 2020 second round pick in the Frost trade and pick 30 went out. So... Looking at that, um, they have got the North 2020 second round pick probably cancels out. Pick, There's uh, their well, 2020 second round pick. Yeah. Um, and then pick 50 um, was recycled, so that's that scrapped. That yeah. So realistically, they've lost pick 30 for 42, 54, 63, and 73. 73. Yeah. Um, and then they've probably... Well, they've lost the best player out of them in Grant Birchall, but he was injury prone. Yeah, I mean, and right, picked yeah. up two, the next two in Patton and Frost, and then Pittenett sits below them. So, it, but it, right now, if you had to pick between Birchall and Frost, you'd take Frost. Yeah, and and to be honest, if you offered me Frost and Patton or Birchall and Pittenett, I'd take Frost and Patton every day. Of the yeah, week. so I think like, won I, I don't think I don't think I looked at Hawthorne's trade period closely enough. I think they won clearly. They won like, very well. They they turned pick thirty into a lot of picks that they yep. used to they used to match, match um, which is smart. And they were able to get in Frost and Patton, both who probably sit somewhere between. 16 and 26 on their list for me is in um, best 22 players. I actually think, like, yeah, if you're t- talking on overall talent, but I think actually they sit higher in terms of structure because that, you know, defenders-wise, they've got, what, um, the mullet and Frawley. So what's that? That's um, Stratton and Frawley, who are both 30-plus. Yeah. So Frost is immediately a key defender to come in and support there. Um, and up forward, Ruffy retired, and they've just gone and picked a 200 centimeter guy who who sat out the back half of the season. So he's cherry ripe, and by all accounts, when you look at the training reports, he's looking pretty damn good. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, look, like, look, looking good has never been Patton's issue, though. Yeah, well, to be fair, it's it's been getting on the park and making an impact when he's yeah, actually but, on the you park. Know, Hawthorne, they like to recruit players that look good and get on the park. All we have to do is look at Yayo Amira, like yeah, putting on the park, and he looks great. He does look good. He does look good. For, for me, um, they they got one and a half best twenty two players. Um, yeah, I, I two, but yeah. I mean, I think I don't think that Pat's going to play a full season. Um, so I think they got one and a half best twenty two players for training out two players that were injury prone and not in the best twenty two, um, and they improved their draft hand. So, but improvements all across the board. Six, six and, and a half. Ten. Six and a half. Um, you've been generous today on the hard one. Yeah, I mean, that's a good trait. Like, that's a good improvement. Um, there, there's plenty more harsh to come. Okay, cool. Um, and probably on my boys next, uh, you've got the D's, mate. Yeah, yeah, just just a point where I'm thinking about this as well. Something that I forgot about, um, which will probably mean that we'll skew towards being slightly positive in the in the out of ten ratings, is that because we're including free agency players here, there's actually cre- there's actually some created value, which means no one's paid. 
Um, so like a club loses a player to free agency, we don't penalise them too heavily because we say that they're a free agent. Um, but we like give give them a free player. So I was looking at Melbourne next, Adam Tomlinson in. Straight away, that corrects probably what was bad trading um, yeah, yeah, across the rest of the trade period. So Adam Tomlinson in, Ed Langdon, uh, pick eight, uh, Hawthorne's 2020 second round pick and Fremantle's 2024th round pick out Sam Frost pick 22 pick 42 pick 61 pick 79 um, pick uh, a 2020 first round pick a 2020 second round pick and a 2024th round pick so and they flipped pick 8 into pick 10 and 28 which is missing here well no they flipped oh yeah 8 into 10, 10 and 28. 28. Yeah. So that's, that's what's missing. Sorry, in our sheet, we didn't update that. So pick eight came in um, in the trade with North, which was the, the, the absolute absolute cooker of a trade. Um, where, and um, we brought in pick 10 and 28 from Fremantle. Yeah, so I mean, if we look on balance, that pick eight never existed. Um, so it's 10, 28, and a 2020 first round, if I exclude 2020 fourth round picks. So... 10, 28, and a 2022nd round pick for 22, 42, a 2021st round pick, and a 2022nd round pick. So still a loss on points yep. um, overall. Um, but Langdon versus Frost, you take Langdon. Langdon over Frost, I take Langdon, and Tomlinson over Frost, I take Tomlinson. So that corrects that. That sort of corrects that. Um, if you exclude Tomlinson, you're probably saying it's a slight loss. I, I'd take maybe a 5 out of 10. It's pretty much just like a. Uh, a net neutral period, but I think that um, the D's got things they needed and lost things they didn't. Yeah, and I think overall... So maybe five and a half, I'd take, put it as a slight win. Yeah, I think I think in terms of the overall hit for the team, I mean, it, it's um, with with May, Lever, um, clearly the club's backing in, Oscar McDonald, um, yeah. Frost probably is the surplus there. Um, we've also got Harrison Petty, who, who's a developing key defender, key forward swingman. Um, they went and picked up Mitch Brown, so you know. Yep, and you got two wings. Like, yeah. I, I think that you guys got what you needed. You gave up too much in pick trade, so maybe just a five out of ten rather than five and a half. It's just an average period. You got probably better players, and you lost better picks. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty pretty good period overall. Yeah. Absolutely, I'm happy with that. Five out of ten is about where I think we. I didn't. I wasn't overly happy with it all, but. That's yeah. all right. Um, so North Melbourne um, in Aiden Bonner, pick 26, pick 50. Oh, hey, man, this is mine. Yeah, I don't like you. <laughs> uh, we're going through fast. You take too long. Melbourne's 2021st round pick, Melbourne's 2024th round pick, and pick 30 out. Pick 8, uh, 2023rd round pick, pick 50, 73, and North's 2022nd round pick. So um, turning... <laughs> Their 2020 second round pick and pick eight into Melbourne's 2020 second round pick. For, for oh, 21st first round, round pick. And 26. 26 um, is probably net neutral um, when you look at those two. It's yeah. just that you've slid to next year um, and you're taking a risk on Melbourne finishing high. Um, picks 50 cancels out. Um, so then you also have pick in, pick 30 um, for 73 and a 2023rd round pick. Probably a win, and you also get Aiden Bonner as that. So, I mean, it's yeah. probably a win overall for, 5. for North Melbourne. Yeah, 5.5 5 or 6. I think North's done, like, uh, it's been a funny one for them. They obviously lost um, 
uh, was it Cam Joyce um, coming in the back end of the season? Um, Luffy took over over there, and um, I think kind of they made they've been making a few moves the last few years, so they probably just needed a year to settle, focus on you know um, prepping for next year. They have a great hand for next year, I'm pretty sure now. Um, so they they can just sit back, work on it. Um, and yeah, look, I'm I'm really happy with North Melbourne's trade period here. I think there are clubs realistic about where they're at um, for the first time in a while, and and that's a very important thing. Yeah, I'm going to give them a six out of ten, just because I think that they effectively across the entire period gained Aiden Bonner and pick thirty for the loss of nothing. Um, and, and when you look at it like that, Aiden Bonner is a player that they probably think they can use. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be in their best 22 yet. I think Bonner, I think because he's unproven, it's a five and a half. Well, if you you said, the start of this period, um, I'm just going to give you pick 30, that's it. And that instantly lifts it for me to a a six out of 10. That's just gaining gaining a pick 30, gaining a mid-second round pick for nothing is a win. Mm. For me, if we look at, go back and look at some of the other people that got six, Gold Coast, 6 out of 10, and they gained Hugh Greenwood and Zach Smith. Um, if you're excluding that, I think that I'd prefer pick 30. Um, Bombers, they gained Andrew Phillips and Tom Cutler for no picks. I would probably prefer pick 30, or maybe around pick 30. Brisbane Lions, they did better than 5.5. They did better than Brisbane Lions. Uh, no, so it's, it's pick 30 for the third round pick. That's the one that hasn't been cancelled out. So there's a 2023 round pick they gave up. So that's your Aiden Bonner and pick 30 right there. So the question is, your 2023 round pick, the value of that, which is probably around pick 40. Yeah, so for 40 30, for 30, 30 and Bonner. Bonner. So yeah, all right. Look, I'll, I'll go with you for the sake of time. I'll go with you at 5.5. I reckon it's probably close right. to 6. So Port Adelaide's up next, and I get to read these out because you stole mine. Um Pick 12, pick 18, St Kilda's 2023rd round pick, GWS 2024th round pick. Pick 16, pick 52, 55, and 72 all brought in. Um, out went Dougal Howard, Paddy Ryder, Billy Frampton, pick 10, 2024th round pick. Pick 29, pick 71, and their 2021st round pick. So effectively, they have lost, what's that, two first-round picks in their 2020 and this year's pick 10 for 12 and 18. Um, I'm probably going to say that's a mild loss by about... Yeah, look, if there's three, there's five first-round picks involved in this entire thing. So Port's 2021st, pick 10, pick 12, pick 18, and pick 16. Mm. The best picks in order for me are pick 10, Port's 2021st round pick 12, 16, and 18. So they... Turn two better first round picks into three first round yep. picks, so net neutral in terms of first round pick movement. Yeah. Um. So from then it's twenty twenty fourth round pick twenty nine seventy one for twenty twenty third round twenty twenty fourth round they can cancel each other out. So twenty twenty third round uh, fifty two fifty five seventy two for twenty nine seventy one. I probably, probably more points. Yeah, yeah. And probably on points. So then they also lost. Dougal Howard, Paddy Ryder, and Billy Frampton. I think they probably lost overall yep. based on that. Uh, maybe either to the tune of like a four out of ten, just because they lost 
players and players that also had scope for long-term development and key position players. So, so, so Frampton is fine because they've got Laddams. Yeah. So I don't care. That Frampton, to me, they've done the right thing by him and made sure he can continue his career. Yep. Um, Ryder was surplus to requirements. They obviously had a lot of trouble this year with that. Yep. Um, and Dougal Howard's probably the only one there that actually uh, is is where they're going to lose. Now, I do not agree with the commentary that came out when they traded Dougal Howard. Yeah. And I do not agree with, um, I guess, the backlash that Port Cop for trading Dougal Howard. I don't think they played him in the right position, and if they're going to continue to play him in the wrong position, then he's not worth what people are saying he's worth. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, there was a club that showed him a bit of love and said to him, we're going to play you in your preferred backman position, and they have a hole in the back line. And um, I thought Port did well out of the trade in itself, in and alone. Um, but, yeah, I think overall, I, I'm a bit... Yeah, like they've lost more than they've gained. So I'm thinking four and a half, four area, somewhere in there. Yeah, four for me. Um, yeah, Paul, Paul. R- Richmond's quick. Uh, out Brandon Ellis and Dan Butler in pick 39 and pick 56. It's a loss. Yeah. Probably a... F- well, Ellis, Ellis is a is a free agent, so... Ellis is a free agent, so it's going to go... So so you go Dan out. Butler for 39 and 56. Well, no, because it's... They got 39 for Brandon Ellis. Oh, is that that pick in? That's that pick yeah. in. So Dan Butler for 56 is a loss. Loss. Probably just four and a half. Um, they lose... A player who has been best twenty-two, um, yeah. not necessarily best twenty-two this year, but definitely I, has been. I like in the AFL being harder on compensation this year. Same. Just going to put it out there. Side note, love it. Um, you take us through St Kilda. St Kilda. So they've brought in Brad Hill, Dougal Howard, who we just spoke about, Zach Jones, Paddy Ryder, Dan Butler, pick fifty-one, Sydney's twenty twenty-fourth round pick, and Port's twenty twenty-fourth round pick. They've lost Jack Stevens, Josh Bruce, Blake Akers, pick six, pick fifty-nine. A 2022nd, third, and fourth round picks. So, um, probably before we analyze it, I'd, on the first look, I'd say they've uh, they've sold the farm in, in a lot of ways. However, the players they've brought in are, are all players of need. They are all players of need, but it's it's a really hard one to analyze because they also lost players of need. So, if we're like ranking the players, Brad Hill one, uh, Zach Jones two. Ooh. Right now, Jack Jones it would be a, a more worthwhile commodity than Jack Stephen. So, so, so Paddy Ryder. I'll just put. I reckon we have to exclude him out because they absolutely need Paddy Ryder. So, the, yeah. in terms of in terms of players of need, he's one that I don't think they could afford to miss out on. So, I mean, yeah. Brad Hill, Dougal Howard, Zach Jones, and Dan Butler, Jack Stephen, Josh Bruce, and Blake Hake as well. Brad Hill's better than Blake Akers, and that's what he's replacing as a wingman. Yep. Um, Zach Jones is not as good as Jack Stephen. He's better long-term value than he's Jack Stephen. He's better long-term value, so, and considering Jack Stephen might not have played, so you go, okay, yep, it's a win. that's a, fine. Do, Josh Bruce for Dougal Howard. Probably uh, a win. Probably a win, just in long-term value. Um, but I would rather Bruce, personally. I think Bruce, is a, better, I think Bruce is a better player. Yep. And then you also get Paddy Ryder and Dan Butler. What you give up is... A first, first, a second, a third, and a fourth round, two fourth round picks. Two fourth round picks. Uh, you get two fourth round picks. So you exclude the fourth round picks. You gave up a first, a second, and a third. Oh, no, 51, so that cancels out a third. So first, a first and a second, 
Yep, first to and seconds. To get Ryder and Butler. Well, and improvements across the board. And Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. In, upgrade, you upgrade in your wing, and you get a longevity upgrade in your midfield. Who, who would you rather, Six or Brad Hill? Oh. Um, that's a real hard one, actually. I... The problem is now because we know that what's happened at the draft. We know what's happened at the so draft. So I would say I, I would have happily taken Hayden Young. Yeah. Uh, but without knowing that, I'd probably have taken Brad Hill. So if I put myself in the position of when they traded. So let's, let's cancel those two players out. Let's cancel out Brad Hill and pick six and say that they're of equivalent value. Okay. So then it's a 2022nd round pick for Paddy Ryder and Dan Butler. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. All right, five out of ten. Yeah, it's it's probably a bit like Melbourne, where I feel like that. I feel like they improved. They've probably paid. They've paid more in picks, but they've improved in. Yeah, although the Oregon paid the same as Melbourne, improved, paid above market rates, mm. but improved the composition of their list. Yeah. Um. By and the list balance across the board, so that's that's where that five out of ten comes. Yep. Swans. Uh. In Lewis Taylor, pick thirty two, and Fremantle's twenty twenty third. Out Zach Jones, Darcy Cameron, fifty four, sixty two, and a twenty twenty fourth. That's okay. Then. So it's a it's, loss. It's a loss. So I mean, it's a, it's hard loss though because I mean, what's thirty two for Jet Zach Jones is a loss. It's under. Yeah. Um. Louis. Cameron, Louis Taylor is better than Darcy Cameron. Um, but not by much. That's a mild win. Mild win and a 2023rd round pick in um, for, for, for 54, 62 and a 2024th is probably overs. So you're looking at probably a four. Yes. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I think, I think for Sydney, um, like Jones wanted to go home. So that's they, they were going to lose him. I think St Kilda... I'm surprised so many clubs were so kind to St Kilda. Like um, they painted themselves into a corner going after six players and or five players, and they were able to get all five, which is good on St Kilda. Well done, James Gallagher and um, and the team over there. But but like if I was another club, like I, I don't think I'd take unders for for a high quality player. Yeah, it's the the thing they did was that they just um, they they acted in good faith. They did, and they also went for players that wanted to go, and they traded players that they felt like probably didn't necessarily need to go, like Bruce, so you could attract about above market value for what you sent out, but you pay overs for what you got back in. It's a hard one. Um, I think Louis Taylor could be a surprise packet for them. It was a very good player for his first 100 games. It was the by far the best player in his first year, um, <laughs> out way appointing Bolton Pally. Um, careers have gone separately since then. Well, but, done, well done, Mitch Brunner. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's a four out of ten for the Swans. Take yeah, us through West Coast. and Yeah, no problems. So West Coast uh, brought in, obviously, Tim Kelly, pick 46 and pick 91 and Geelong's 20, 23rd round pick. And they traded out 14, 24, 33, 64, and their 2020 first round pick. So, I mean, Kelly Kelly cancelled out probably 14 and 24. Yeah. And then it's really uh, 46, 91, which is useless pick. So we'll scrap yeah, 91. Yeah, so 41. 46 and Geelong's 2023rd round for 
their first round 33 and 64. So it's a big loss. Big, big loss. I, I said three, two, two and a half. 2.5. Yeah, two and a half out of 10. Well, um, just think, just overpay. Yeah, I think, they've, I think they've got what they want, but they've really paid. Uh, they, they've improved next year, and they're, yeah. they're trying to win a flag right now. So if they win a flag, we'll probably look back on this and give it a bit more of a kind if you, review. If you're, if you're rating it for next year and probably give it almost like a five and a half, I would have said... Pay pay more to get what you need for next year, no problems. But in terms of long term, like Tim Kelly is twenty six, so you're probably looking at you might get four to six years out of him. So yeah. you're looking at maybe a hundred games. So let's say he plays a hundred games for you. Um, well, your your pick fourteen, your pick twenty four, and your twenty twenty first round pick combined would probably pay two hundred and fifty games for you, and the likelihood of them being um, quality of around Kelly. Two of those picks have a high likelihood of being. Yeah, I'd say the, I'd say the odds of you getting a player or the equivalent of Tim Kelly from a twenty twenty first round pick fourteen and twenty four, you're more likely to get more value. Yeah. Um, so they definitely overpaid two and a half cents about right. We'll wrap it up. Um, yeah. Western Bulldogs uh, in Josh Bruce, Alex Keith, the twenty twenty third round pick from Adelaide. Out 32, 45, 51, and a 2022nd round pick. Um, so the 2023rd round pick for Adelaide crosses out with 45 for this year, yep. I reckon. So 32, 51 for a 2022nd round pick. Which is probably going to be around, let's say, 28, 30. In exchange for Josh Bruce and Alex Keith. Feels about right. Probably overs a little bit, but they get two players that can contribute right away. Probably a four and a half, very similar vein to the Melbourne sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. Shit, I don't know. I'm torn on this one. I think applying the same logic, yeah, four and a half sounds about right. I feel like it's a five, but that's probably more of a, uh, a subjective call on my behalf. Like it's. I, I I think that if someone offered me a choice between pick thirty two or Alex Keith, I would have taken pick thirty two. I think that Alex Keith has had one good year and he's twenty eight. Um, so 32 feels about right for him. If somebody said, would you prefer Josh Bruce or a 2022nd round pick, I would have taken the 2022nd round pick. No, I'd, have, I'd happily have a 50-goal a year forward, mate. He's not a 50-goal a year forward. He's um, done it. Yeah. He's kicked, hasn't he kicked 60 in one year? No. He's an he's an average 40-goal a year forward, mate. He, he actually averages quite. He's, I, I remember at the time when he got traded, I, I was actually shocked at his stats, and I then actually changed my mind on on what St Kilda were doing, I was actually pretty judgmental at all because, um, like, at the end of the day, they, they're they hard to find, those sorts of players. Yeah. So, I mean, I, as I said, I think it's a four and a half out of ten overall um, because I think they had a slight loss. But I think that they also, if you're looking at it just in terms of next year's value, I don't think they would have got much value out of 32, 45, 51 um, for next year. So I think that they've definitely improved in the short term and they obviously think that they're a chance at a flag. Um, they played some really good football against really strong teams and probably only fell down with that key position depth. So this will really help them. So Bruce has kicked 50 goals in 2015. Yep. 38, 36, 36. So he's a one and a half a goal game forward. Like yep. That's still... Pretty high. Yeah, I look, I, I don't think that... I, I just think that based on... Like, he probably got paid market value. But even in that case, then there's still a spare, a spare pick 51 that they also get. Yeah. So I mean, well, it's, I'll, a, it's a slight... I'll summarize it this way. Would you rather Harry Jones or Josh Bruce? 
because that's roughly the pick area you're talking. Yeah. Um, well, I don't really like Harry Jones, so so you take Josh Bruce. So in, in this case, but I also wouldn't. Ta- I would have taken Emerson Jecker, who wasn't taken until the rookie draft. I would have taken Mitch O'Neill, who wasn't taken until the rookie draft. No, but over Josh Bruce. player like for like Jecker's fine. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so it's uh, for me. I think four and a half. Uh, I think is fine. You, if you're welcome to challenge me on it and say it has to be a five, but for me, no, look, I, it's I a feel, slight loss. I feel I'm. I feel like I am. For the Bulldogs, if I was in their shoes, I would have taken what they what they've done. I would have done what they've done. So I would I, I look at it and say that meets my expectations. So it's a five. Um, but when you're looking at it with a bit more science behind it, as we're trying to do, yeah, you're probably saying there's a slight loss there. So uh, four and a half out of ten seems fine. Um, I'm not going to try and change your mind because we're going to see this one differently. So we'll take four and a half, mate. And that pretty much wraps up the trade section. So we're We've got a, another podcast we'll do, which will cover all the live trades that were made. Um, obviously, we've, we've run over on this one, and I am already late, and I have to get to the hospital for a baby appointment. So, um, apologies, Steph. <laughs> she'll, um, she'll, she'll understand. Uh, the podcasting yeah. has been very important, and thanks again for coming out today. Sean, um, out to the new Bentley East studio yeah. um, with the new setup. So, yeah, um, but thanks again, everyone, for listening. Apologies for the long wait between drinks, and we'll get this one out before um, the new year. So, we've got something to listen to, and then we'll try to get a couple more episodes, the live training episode, and stuff out over the next few weeks. So, hopefully, um, you'll see more of a steady stream from us in the next couple of weeks. But. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for coming, Sean, and I will look forward to speaking with you all soon. Yep. Thank you, John. Thanks, guys, and and keep in touch via Twitter. Cheers. Bye. If you constantly worry that the worst is going to happen, you're not alone. One in four Australians will experience anxiety. Know when anxiety is talking. Visit Beyond Blue to start a life beyond anxiety.